Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I hope you had a good uh, long weekend. Uh, September is here, and uh, time goes by so quickly. I've brought you something new you can pray about this week, and it's the uh, university system in America, particularly the Catholic universities. They're selling out, and they've traded in Jesus for wokeness. And the latest example of that is none other than Notre Dame, the University of Notre Dame in uh, uh, Indiana. Uh, this latest video I watched yesterday is... Um, by a priest, Reverend Jerry Olinger. Uh, he's Notre Dame's Vice President for Student Affairs. He's wearing his collar, which represents the, his religious authority. His title represents institutional authority, and his office um, administers the standards of conduct applicable, applicable to all Notre Dame students. So, what have they come out to do? Well, they're now teaching uh, in this video that uh, a person's gender identity may not ma match a person's biological sex. Well, that's very interesting because that directly contradicts the teaching of the church. That directly contradicts the scriptures. God said he, he made them male and female. He didn't say that internally they were male and externally female. No. So this Again, they're, they're blurring the lines of truth, which is always the tactic of the enemy. I'm sorry, Father Olinger, you're on the wrong side of this and you need to correct it or resign and move on. Leave Notre Dame altogether. This is just revolting to me that Catholic, really, I think the bishop of that region should just take the word Catholic off the university. They're no longer Catholic. They're, they're literally fighting against Catholicism when they do these things. And so the bishop, the local bishop, should uh, tell them that they're no longer allowed to use the word Catholic when they uh, promote themselves in their literature, because they're not. They're not behaving like Catholic at all. What a disgrace. Uh, they're also saying to welcome all peoples of every nature and kind. Uh, and they, they have a video of somebody who is transgendering, but said she was in a relationship, in a gay relationship prior. And we just need to, um, what's the word they use? I think just everybody has to, it's not a big deal. They use the word, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. You're leading people down the road to perdition. You're forming little minds because college kids let's let's face it college kids are still in the formative years what did jesus say about that he said that uh the ones who would mislead little ones should put a millstone around their neck and be tossed into the into the sea i hope these people wake up this is just an abomination 
And by the way, parents and grandparents, this school, the tuition alone is 60,000. When you tack on room and, and board and meals, $80,000 a year to have the faith of your child ripped from their soul. Thank you, Notre Dame. Our lady in heaven must be weeping that her name would be associated with such a university. Horrible abomination. So let's talk about today, we're gonna to talk about sacramentals because we need sacramentals in our life. Uh, sacramentals can be used by anybody. Sacraments are reserved for Catholics, but sacramentals can be blessed by a Catholic priest and be used by anybody. Now, what's interesting to me is Our Lady talked about this way back in the first years of the Medjugorje apparitions. It was July 18th, 1985. She said, dear children, Today I call you to place more blessed objects in your homes and that everyone put some blessed objects on their person. Bless all the objects and thus Satan will attack you less because you will have armor against him. Thank you for having responded to my call. 85, that was a long time ago and look what has happened in the world since then. So what are sacramentals? Well, let's, we always want to go to the catechism to learn what a sacramental is. And they begin, uh, the catechism begins about this topic in paragraph 1667 and goes through 1679. Sacramentals are sacred signs instituted by the church. They prepare men to receive the fruit of the sacraments and sanctify different circumstances of life. Among the sacramentals, blessings occupy an important place. They include both praise of God for his works and gifts and the church's intercession for men that they may be able to use God's gifts according to the spirit of the gospel. Now, common sacramentals, the uh, I mean the objects that we would look to is, first of all, holy water. Holy water must be blessed by a priest. And I would prefer he use the long form that has the... Uh, the ritual that has the uh, inclusion of the exorcism salt. Uh, but also rosary beads need to be blessed by a priest. The crucifixes you hang in your homes, again, blessed by a priest. Uh, the, the exorcism salt, I would say that's a good thing. You can have uh, olive oil that gets a special blessing upon it. Um, candles, beeswax candles, they can get a special blessing placed on them. And the blessings are powerful. You know, uh, the blessings are very powerful. Uh, for example, I'm going to read you some from the blessing of candles. Uh, in this blessing, It says, sanctify and kindle with the light of heavenly benediction these candles, which we thy servants received, receiving desire to carry lighted and magnify thy name, that by offering them to thee, the Lord our God, being worthily inflamed with the fire of the Holy Spirit, thy most sweet charity, we may deserve to be presented in the holy temple of thy glory. So they're asking that these would be uh, burned in the homes to draw people closer to God. And, the, and one part of the prayer, it also says that wherever these uh, candles 
burn. May all evil flee from this the entire building that they are contained in. I mean, that's that's a powerful prayer. Uh, olive oil as well. So there's many things that can be blessed and used in your homes. Why do we want to do this? Because first of all, because it's consecrated, uh, set apart for God with the special blessing that's placed on it. And his grace is attached to this in some way. Uh, sometimes the prayers of blessing on a sacred object invoke even angels to be present to the when the object is used devoutly. Um, so when we think about these things, uh, I, now when you walk in my home, there's holy water fonts on the walls. There's probably five or six crucifixes hanging in different rooms. Um, the Holy Family is a wonderful sacred object. Once you get it blessed, it could be either an image or a statue uh, or painting. Uh, those are very powerful. Uh, anything that depicts uh, the mysteries of Jesus, his family, um, his friends, the saints and angels. Very good things to keep in your home. So some people, particularly our uh, Protestant friends who listen, would say, well, Father, are these sacramentals found in the Bible? I don't recall seeing that in the Bible. The Bible doesn't talk about rosaries or hanging crucifixes or any of that. Well, that may be true, but of course we go by uh, the word of God plus the tradition of the church. And that has developed over 2000 years. So um, that would be my response. But there are passages in sacred scripture that support the use of sacramentals. So in the Old Testament, Naaman went to Elisha for a cure for his leprosy and Elisha told him, go and wash seven times in the Jordan, your flesh will be healed and you will be clean. So in a way, the Jordan was made to heal him of his leprosy. So that I would say that water had a special prayer and blessing placed on it that Elisha was informed through uh, some kind of uh, divine revelation to send him down there. And then when a man came in contact with the bones of Elisha, this is in 2 Kings 13, he came back to life and rose to his feet. So the bones, the relics, the relics, given a power to bring the man back to life that's another one they're harder to find relics are particularly you know a first class relic would be a piece of bone or a hair or something up from the body of a saint so they're very difficult to come by because there's only so much of the body that goes around you know and typically they keep large pieces of uh deceased saints in reliquaries in cathedrals and major churches. So for example, the heart of St. John Vianney was always kept in uh, France for, uh, you know, since his death. And then I just recently, I believe within the last maybe 20 years, it uh, began going around the world on tours. Uh, I know it, it went to Long Island back uh, maybe a decade ago or so. And I think it's even come to Tennessee. I'm not sure, but I, I believe it did. And so, um, but little pieces are available. Right now, I know um, one of the easier ones to get is Mother Teresa. Uh, I think second class, I think they have pieces of her habit that if you write to the congregation, uh, particularly if you're a priest, on behalf of somebody, I think they'll send you a, a relic of her. 
Other scriptures, Jesus healed the blind man using mud. So we could say that the mud was in some way a sacramental. You know, when Jesus got baptized in the Jordan, uh, that baptism changed him in no way. He is was perfect going into the water, perfect coming out. What I would say has happened is the Jordan became a giant vat of holy water because it was it was touched by God himself. Uh, so I would say that, that anybody that collected a little vial of water after Jesus came out of the Jordan, that probably, I would say, would qualify as holy water, but just um, spitballing here with you. In the Acts of the Apostle, Apostles, it is uh, recounted that when face cloths or aprons that had touched the skin of Paul and were applied to the sick, that the diseases were healed and evil spirits ran from that person. So deliverance and healing from face cloths or aprons that touched the skin of St. Paul. That's in Acts 19. Uh, those would be considered sacramentals. And uh, holy water is referenced in the book of Numbers. In an earthen vessel, the priest shall take holy water, as well as some dust from the floor of the tabernacle, and put it in the water. Uh, so there you have that. Paul... Uh, boasted in nothing except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you could say making the sign of the cross would also be uh, referencing uh, the cross, which is the tree of life, where Jesus restored us to his Father. You know, when we make these signs and symbols, it's very important that, you, first of all, be intentional. I tell this to the little kids all the time because they kind of do these very... Uh, loosey-goosey signs of the cross where they just kind of fly by and they don't really know what they're doing. So it's important when you're teaching your kids and grandkids how to make the sign of the cross that not only are you saying the words, but you're invoking the Trinity in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're invoking the Trinity. We're asking them uh, to be present to us. They're always present to us, I know, but in a particular way in that moment, that whatever your your prayer would be, that they would be um, they would be there to to hear and answer that prayer. So we make the sign of the cross. In the Old Testament, in the book of Ezekiel, chapter nine, the Lord said to him, "Pass through the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and mark an X on the foreheads of those who grieve and lament over all the abominations practiced within it. Old and young, male and female, woman and children, wipe them out." but do not touch anyone marked with an X. So there you have it, you know, and that's, that's what we do when we do the anointing of the sick. We uh, place uh, the oil on the forehead marked with an X or a cross, I would say, not, not an X, a cross. Jesus himself talked about salt. Everyone will be uh, salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt becomes insipid, with what will you restore its flavor? Keep salt in yourselves and you will have peace with one another. So uh, we have the blessed salt today that priests can make and you can keep in your homes and you can use it in your cooking. And it's got an exorcism prayer uh, that's contained on it so that there would be a wonderful thing to incorporate into your meals. Now, if you remember, Padre Pio, when he referred to his rosary, and by, by the way, he prayed between uh, 20 and 30 rosaries a day. I mean, think about that. The next time you're having trouble praying your one rosary, think of Padre Pio praying 30 
in one day. But when he wanted his rosary, sometimes he would call it his weapon. Bring me my weapon. And uh, these things are weapons. They're weapons against evil. And uh, particularly now, I mean, if Our Lady said this in 1985, that both in our homes and on our person. So you should always have on you, I would say, your rosary. And then if you have a little crucifix that you can attach to your car keys that would, uh, or your home keys, that would have another sacramental on you at all times. Plus, you should have a scapula around your neck. Why? The scapula has a particular prayer and devotion to Our Lady. And uh, when you get in invested, it's an investiture into the scapula. There's particular prayers, again, said. Uh, and one of them, once the person, this is the, before the priest places it on the person, he says, receive this blessed scapula and beseech the Blessed Virgin that through her merits, you may merit without stain, may defend you against all adversity and accompany you to eternal life. So listen to, that's a short prayer, but a powerful one. So it's through her merits, the Blessed Virgin Mary's merits, which are perfect and cannot even compare to the merits of even the angels. May you wear it without stain. May it defend you against all adversity and accompany you to eternal life, heaven. So, I mean, why wouldn't you want that around your neck? I would say the devil looks at that and flees in fear of the person who not only wears the scapula, but knows the power of Our Lady's prayers for each of us. You know, uh, that's the, her arch nemesis is Satan. And so that would be another wonderful thing to uh, keep on your person and then, of course, in your homes. Now, conversely, the devil puts his own spin on objects. And this, rather than a blessing, they're curses. And so people who are in the occult, witches, warlocks, um, high priests of, of the occult, they uh, have their own book of special prayers, but these are prayers to curse items and uh, attach demons to them. And so you have to be so careful these days about uh, taking things home. I would say, you know, for the most part, when you buy something in a department store, it's probably not got anything attached on it, but you never know. But certain things just by their very uh design would be bad so ouija boards always 100 percent bad well it's just plastic it can, what can it do yeah it's plastic but it, the connotation is that it's going to conjure a force that's going to communicate with you and we know that's not the holy spirit so it's going to be something from hell always bad i noticed uh recently I, it was at one of these um abortion rallies uh there was a pro-life woman who was holding up a cross as she was praying the rosary in front of these anti-life people. And at one point in the video, the woman who was pro-abortion unbuttoned her shirt and pulled out her pentagram that she was wearing around her neck as if to counteract the rosary with the pentagram. A pentagram 
would be the what what the cross is to Jesus, the pentagram is to Satan. You know, if you're going to put a pentagram around your neck, well, I would say you might as well just put your mouth in 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 the lion, put your head in the lion's mouth, and it's just about going to be over for you. You're basically giving permission for Satan to uh, come and be present to you as you wear that horrible uh, object that points to his ghoulish ways. And yet people do these things. Some people tattoo them on their bodies. Can you imagine? I don't understand this. But back to my point, this stuff is real. Many years ago, not many, but I would say 30, 40 years ago, um, maybe a little bit longer, there, there was a priest, Father Carapi. Before he was a priest, he was a very successful millionaire in the real estate industry. And in L.A., he, he was invited to many powerful parties. And he he spoke uh, about being invited to a, an album launch of a very popular heavy metal band. And to his surprise, now this is before he came back to the church. He was away for many years. To his surprise, there was a, a black mass celebrated and the album was consecrated to Satan. Isn't that interesting? Uh, so the devil, you know, he's hard at work. He doesn't sleep. And what would what would be the effect of that? Well, basically, what he what that process would do is that those ignorant people that are doing these things are basically asking demons to attach to this record and then enter into the homes of those who buy it, and in some way demonically inspire them demonically inspire means to draw them to evil to draw them to evil now i'm not saying this happens in every heavy metal band i don't know i'm just telling you what he witnessed firsthand with his own eyes uh but th there would be things like that the drug market the drug cartels that's a demonic industry uh these drug cartels these are people involved in high-powered crimes murders uh, all sorts of horrible things. And, uh, the, you know, who they're working for is the devil. They're working for the devil. So if you're buying street drugs, uh, there's a good chance you're going to pick up something demonic. In fact, my very first possession case, that I, the very first exorcism I performed on somebody, was a young Catholic man, about 20 years old, who went looking for drugs about 2 in the morning, uh, somebody said, I know a place. They got in the car. They drove to the place. They went into the house. The house was lit by candles. And they had pentagrams hanging on the walls. And I said to the, the young man, you know, at that point, did you not realize you were in big trouble? And he, was, he said, I've been drinking all night. I just wanted some drugs. He said the minute he inhaled the drug, it was crystal meth. He said the demon, he felt to go right into him and then... Within weeks, he was fully possessed. So you got to be careful. Like you shouldn't be doing these things anyway. But I, I think the ch the kids out there, they don't understand that there's a huge plus the fentanyl is the other issue. Now they kill you. One pill can kill you now. So uh, be careful. Carry your sacramentals. Uh, put up little altars in your home where you have a crucifix, statue of the Blessed Mother, and you keep your Bible. And it should be a place of prominence where everybody can see it and go to it and read a scripture every day. These things will not only draw you deeper into the heart of Jesus, but they are great uh, sources of protection and comfort. We find comfort in our sacramentals. 
It's been wonderful to be with you. Have a blessed day. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Dan signing out.